Welcome to the Underscore Transformation podcast. My name's Jason West. And my name's Joe Wales. And together we're the founders of Underscore. This is the third episode in our bonus mini-series on the future of work and the impact that the global pandemic has had on organizations and, more importantly, on the people that work in them. In our previous two episodes, our guests considered the pandemic in the context of an already well-established trend of digital transformation, remote working, and automation. And whilst their shared view was that the crisis has sped up an existing trend, the speed and scale on which it happened has been a major logistical and cultural challenge. This week, we're peeling back another layer and looking into the skills, competencies, and behaviors that organizations and the HR functions that support them will need to thrive in a post-COVID digital world. Our special guests this week are Emma Lucas, Head of Talent and Development at Marks & Spencer, Craig McCoy, HR Director and Chair of the London HR Connection, Rachel Kay, Learning Director at Capita. So firstly, Emma, welcome. If you'd like to introduce yourself, Thanks, Jason. So I'm Emma Lucas. Um, As Jason said, I look after talent and development at Marks & Spencers. I've got specific responsibilities for our stores and property teams. That's about 70,000 colleagues nationwide. Um, And I've been with Marks & Spencers for um, just over a year now. Fantastic. Thanks, Emma. Welcome. And Craig, uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself, a bit about your background and also a bit about the London HR Connection. Sure, thank you. Hello, everybody. My name's Craig McCoy. I'm a senior group HR director with about 35 years experience. Um, I've actually been HR director for 15 businesses in my career, uh, of which uh, the last uh, nine essentially has been as an interim and as a consultant uh, across various sectors, including media, telecoms, technology, health and social care. I'm also non-exec director for a couple of organizations, Uh, Most notably, London HR Connection, which is a uh, networking group for HR professionals in London with about 3,000 members. Uh, In normal times, we meet face-to-face for monthly events. At the moment, of course, it's largely confined to webinars. And that's me. Fantastic. Thanks, Craig. And and Rachel, welcome. You come at this from a slightly different perspective, so it'd be great for you to introduce yourself and uh, your role and background. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Jason. Uh, my name's Rachel Kay, and I'm Learning Director for Capita Learning. So in our People Solutions Division in Capita, I head up the learning organization. And what we do is we help um, not only our internal Capita employees, but um, wider customers, both in the private and the public sector, improve both skills and capability through our solutions and also looking at general L&D effectiveness for the L&D function. So, um, yeah, around about 25 years experience in learning and, um, yeah, a big topic for us all to be talking about. So really looking forward to today's um, interview. Fantastic. Thanks, Rachel. And in fact, staying with you for for the first question. So when you look at the broad range of clients that that you have in in the market, what do you see as the major trends around digital transformation um, before the pandemic? Yeah, I think for the client groups that we've been working with, um, I think they've got two things on their minds. I think they've got the digital skills that the um, teams and the employees that they have um, will need to develop over the next sort of two to five years. Um, And it's how to make that transition quite often from existing workforces 
to actually do the development and the training actually in the flow of work. So very few of our customers are going to be thinking, here's an opportunity to bring in a whole different set of people with a set of digital skills. What they're looking at is the processes and the procedures that they're currently working on within their own sectors, where the digital transformation is coming, and then tracking back and saying, so what skills and capability do we need? And how then are we going to be able to upskill, reskill, cross-skill existing employees um, in order to meet that digitalization? So, for example, in the one of our public sector clients um, has done a significant digital transformation on how their customers access systems. So where before it used to be very telephone based and even previous to that face to face, what they've now done has got a complete online solution. So they've had to very quickly upskill people in the sort of tens of thousands in order to meet that different approach to working. So that's not only the physical um, skills that they may need from a digital point of view, but actually then how to work in a more digital environment. And then the final thing is how do I then have a really good team of people behind us that are using all the data that we're getting out of moving into a more technology-based um, um, operating model? And how can we get the really good data? So that business analyst role comes in. Yes, yeah. And, well, and there was something you mentioned there around, uh, I think it was training in the flow of work. And that that's something that I've heard around the place quite a lot. Can you just unpack that a little bit? Yeah, so where we're seeing this manifesting itself is probably where organizations are investing in new tools um, and technologies in order to speed up the the processing of the work, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's um, customer management from from a call center point of view. And typically what you would have seen historically as an organization would have thought, here's a new piece of software that we're going to deploy in the organization. We're going to write some training material. We're going to um, put everybody through um, perhaps a number of modules in order to build up the skill level, we'll probably do some train the trainer, we'll create some super users, um, and that's how we'll roll out. And that's an absolute fine way to do things, and it's worked for a number of years. Mm. But what we need to do now is the speed to competency needs to be improved. And one of the ways that um, we're doing that is we're working with organizations to use some technology that's embedded into the new software that they might be rolling out. So actually, the learning is done live. So I am working on a new system and it's actually training me how to do the keystrokes and the processes whilst I'm working on an opportunity or on a customer um, query rather than, you know, probably taking me offline and putting me through training. So learning in the flow of work, that's one example. And then the other thing that we're seeing with our customers is really encouraging continually as, you know, it's not a new trend, but that coaching and mentoring Um, And that for us is another example of learning in the flow of work of using self-reflection and perhaps eventually looking at some technology of how can technology look at the impact of how people are retaining knowledge and then how can the L&D function say, well, if we make our materials more focused like this, it's had an impact on speed to competency, enables us to get our product out to market quicker. So that's, um, I guess, the use of technology in learning to get learning in the flow of work. Gotcha. And and Emma, turning to you as uh, you look across Marks and Spencers, um, where 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 is the organisation in terms of digital transformation? Is it a, an official programme of change? Or have you kind of called it something or is this just part of incremental business improvements? Yeah, I think quite luckily, actually, we'd been um, quite a long way down our digital first um, journey. Uh, we partner very closely with Microsoft. So we have 
a Microsoft team on site and we'd been uh, very active in rolling out both Surface Pros and Surface Goes to our sort of stores and store manager teams using Teams, but more knowledge sharing, sharing files, um, sharing data and putting Power BI in the hands of our store managers so they can walk around the store, have the data at their fingertips in terms of store performance, rather than being holed up in their office trying to go through reams of uh, paper and spreadsheets. So we've been quite a long way down that journey. Uh, We'd actually also, at the start of the new year, encouraged colleagues to start bringing their own devices onto the shop floors as well so they could get some of the apps that we've got around knowledge to sell. They could get access to information. What we hadn't really got to ahead of the pandemic, I think, was using um, Teams, et cetera, as sort of active communication tools. And that's obviously been the big shift that's happened for us. So using those applications um, and our technology to both communicate more regularly, engage colleagues as well, and then reach out to our furloughed colleagues. We had about 20,000, 25,000 colleagues on furlough. So Teams became a really important part of that kind of regular drumbeat of communication and engagement with uh, with furlough colleagues as well so luckily quite a long way along the line i think um what the pandemic has helped us with is building the confidence of colleagues to use the technology so we've got a very multi-generational workforce in our stores as you could probably imagine and whilst the technology has become more widely available i think quite often confidence has one of the been one of the biggest barriers We've had digital champions in stores. And as Rachel said, they're really on hand to help people uh, learn in the flow of the work, learn with the technology and the applications and engage the customers as well. But I think the pandemic and all of the ways in which we as society are being asked to use technology more and more to engage has started to build some of the confidence of our colleagues, which has been, I think, really helpful in terms of our um, next set, set of shifts in this transformation. Fantastic. And and Craig, from your perspective, as you look back on uh, you know, digital transformation across the, um, uh, the your your HR network, and uh, it'd be interesting to get that kind of broad broader view from a kind of senior HR practitioner perspective. Yeah, sure. So I think most of the organisations who participate in London HR Connection are going through some form of digital transformation. In some cases, pretty major. Uh, both in terms of their customer experience, but also their internal employee experience. And uh, one of the clients I've been working with most recently uh, is actually an elderly care business, which has obviously been very challenged through COVID-19 in terms of the safety and welfare of its residents and also its employees. They were already going through a a significant uh, digital intervention with um, essentially the uh, digitization of all of their resident records, care plans, care history, treatment plans, moving to a kiosk-based entry system where every care worker, every uh, nurse could update and access the resident care records through through, uh, kiosks at uh, point of delivery. Sunrise Senior Living is actually an elderly care business with about 300 care homes in the US and about 50 in the UK. Significant employer with about um, 30,000 people on on their books. So this was a significant uh, learning exercise uh, to basically improve the the residents' experience. And then just before COVID happened, um, there was also a significant project which was uh, well, well underway Uh, to basically refresh all of the HR systems across the organization. That's the core HR system, uh, time and attendance, um, and rostering systems, 
and all of the other ancillary systems that would support um, the HR experience. And uh, this this was unfortunately had to put on hold uh, just be, just as uh, COVID uh, came to pass. But essentially, um, Sunrise had a legacy of non-connected, non-integrated systems, some, some um, acquired through acquisition of companies, which never been integrated, uh, a significant project which would have taken probably a year, 18 months plus. Um, and uh, the aim was to leapfrog from quite old and uh, rapidly out-of-date technology to the latest technology. So I think, like most businesses, Sunrise had realized the, uh, the benefit of investing in, in technology, both from a user point of view internally, but also from a customer and resident point of view. Uh, unfortunately, COVID has uh, set things back somewhat, but I'm sure it will pick up again in the near future. Yeah. And just just as a, a broad summary, you've you've kind of all touched on points around making service delivery more efficient, connecting people, um, providing access to to data directly to, to individuals kind of on the floor, if you like. Um, now, what, what does this do in terms of the impact on the skills, competencies and behaviours that, that businesses need to develop in this uh, transformed world? So perhaps t- turning to to you, Rachel, just for as, as you look across all the thousands of clients that Capita has, well, what, what are you seeing as these macro trends around skills, competencies and behaviours? Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because with many of our clients at the moment, they are really keen to start a debate and a discussion over, we need to improve the technical skills of our workforce and on the digital skills. And actually, when you break them down, the skills that are going to be really important to those organizations that are successful in their digital transformation are actually some of what we would have historically called soft skills, which there's nothing soft about them. In fact, they are um, the skills that help organizations perform better. But the areas where we're being asked to support our customers more are around things like creative thinking, problem solving, and almost some of the skills that you would use for companies in startup mode. So how do you get an organization to be operating using that creative thinking approach to to problem solving? And we're seeing a lot of organizations become very interested in things like design thinking and also taking a systems approach to solving problems. So a whole, um, whether it's an engineering company or whether it's a utilities company, how do their processes and procedures knit together to deliver a smooth service for their customer and what are the skills that the people need in each of those functions in order to ensure that the customer receives a smooth journey and it's the softer side of the digital skills that our customers are focused on in addition to that um, i would say that they're particularly interested in still program management skills software testing looking at devops looking at business uh, business analysis skills and what we're looking at at the moment it's that the, the our customers are very clear in terms of what the skills are the challenge in the L&D function for the organization is how do I get that content in a really smooth way out to my employees and that's where the whole learning management system the learner experience platforms that organizations are integrating are really actually having trouble because what they've effectively got is so much content of all of these great skills that they want to deploy and actually how do they ensure that for each individual role there is a clear pathway to help the organization develop and then what outcomes and measures do they need to put so actually our work 
is much more about creating the pathway, the learning pathway journey for those technical skills, rather than supporting our customers in what the technical skills are, because actually they're quite confident that they know what that is. But how do I get that great access to great content when I want it? And it's got to be a blended content, not just because of COVID, because that's the best way that people learn. How do I get it in the flow of work? So I want to be able to pick it up. How do I get my social application around in order to um, drive those new skills? So I think in summary, the digital skills are all the things that you'd expect to hear around business analytics, um, program management from large technical programs, and then the creative thinking, design thinking skills. But more importantly is how do you package all of that learning program together in order to drive a change in capability. You are listening to the Underscore Transformation Podcast. To find out more about our crisis management and recovery leadership program, visit underscore-group.com forward slash CMR toolkit. Yeah, and what you're describing there are almost kind of engineering skills or systems engineering skills, that kind of uh, plus program management. And uh, and Craig, from your perspective, as as you look at that that kind of set of uh, of skills, let's call it broadly engineering, are you seeing that also applied across non-engineering functions into support functions, into sales, into other areas of the business? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, uh, if I talk briefly about care workers, for example, historically records were kept on uh, paper, manual records, and the level of technology technology usage was actually very limited. Care workers are typically not allowed to use mobile phones whilst they're actually delivering care. And uh, as part of the sort of uh, technology revolution that uh, was envisaged at Sunrise, we we're looking to uh, equip every care worker with a fully enabled mobile phone to enable them to do their work on an ongoing basis to update records at their fingertips. And uh, this, this pr- provided a huge learning need for you know, 30,000 employees globally, which needed to be met. But it also, in many ways, highlighted shortfalls in management process, particularly around things like resource scheduling and rostering, uh, which obviously in a care environment is hugely important. And it can make or break a business in terms of its profitability um, Mm. with uh, hard-to-fill jobs, high absence rates, um, high levels of staff turnover, uh, a constant training need, but also a constant need to roster and schedule employees effectively. And the digital solution was uh, intended to basically move away from spreadsheets and pieces of paper to actually enable line managers to be much more efficiently effective in rostering staff. I suppose the combined impact of COVID-19 and digitization are both pointing towards the same thing, which is about process optimization, process automation, and digital in terms of the employee perspective, but also in terms of the resident perspective. And I think that applies across all, all job groups. Jason, I think that's a really interesting point, actually, because what we've both talked about, whether it was Emma giving, you know, the store managers tools that they can be on the shop floor looking at um, data in a live environment or in the care homes with looking at the analysis from the introduction of technical systems. It is then that one of the core skills that we're going to have to develop is how you do analytics against Mm -hmm. that data in, in really short time. And that is a skill. 
that I think yes. organizations over time are really going to have to be able to, first of all, develop their team members to be able to do. Um, and then what are the measurable outcomes that organizations will then benefit from once, um, you know, people are able to analyze data in quick time? Um, because, you know, most of us have probably been looking, used to be looking at Excel spreadsheets for a number of years. And I think now with some of the data tools, actually, it's not just giving us a spreadsheet, but it's actually giving us some outcomes and perhaps linked mm. to KPIs and how we're performing. So I, I I think it, it all the three things that we've just talked about are actually joining up quite nicely together and um, describing a, a skill, certainly from a leadership point of view, that you're going to need in a digital environment. Absolutely. And uh, Emma, have you uh, have you kind of got, gone some way down the path of solving that particular challenge? I don't know if we've solved it, but I think we're definitely we're definitely feeling it. So we're trying to wean our managers off of their spreadsheets and getting them to trust what the system and the data is telling them. Uh, then they need to be able to to work with that and understand what that means for their store. Um, but I think, as, as Rachel mentioned at the beginning, that it's what they do with that then and how they engage colleagues in the sort of change activity that needs to come as a result of that data. So if the data is telling you this particular line's not selling or these are your kind of hot lines and you need to, to move them forward. And it's about the sort of change and engagement and project management, as you mentioned, that that comes from that data and insight. So less time back office, working through your spreadsheets, more time trusting the data that's in front of you, making the decisions, um, and then into implementing those sort of change plans. I suppose the other piece in terms of the skills then that we see our managers needing more of um, in this sort of digital transformation and the transformation that's happening in society as a whole is the ability to engage with customers coming into the stores who have got much more insight and awareness than they've ever had before mm -hmm. about product lines, about what's trending, about you know the environmental credentials of our products. And so both our managers and um, customer assistants need to be on the front foot in terms of you know who's doing who's promoting what on Instagram, what's the latest bit of of noise or feedback that we've got in social media, positive or negative. Uh, and everything's moving at such a pace. So, you know, we need to have our teams able to integrate all of the sort of technology advances that are going on and bring that integrated experience into the store for, for our customers to engage with. And we're very much thinking about what sort, how's all this going to play out for the future of stores? Where's technology going to go? Uh, we've we've got sort of mobile pay go uh, in our stores now where you can literally do all your purchasing online um, on your phone, pay for it on your phone and walk out of the store and you never need to go to a, a checkout, right? It's great. But then customer assistance needs to be help, be able to help you offer service in that setting, um, you know, because it's not a sort of typical sales point. You have to be able to go to the customer and engage with them where they are. And and the security around that as well, obviously, is a, is a factor for us. So there's quite a lot that's going on in terms of the colleague and manager skills that support yeah. that. Um, what you're describing is a massive increase in the level of complexity of of the roles uh, of of you know pe people working in in a store and uh, yeah hadn't hadn't appreciated the the, yeah, the the need for complex problem solving and understanding how the whole system works is is way in excess of anything it was what, ten years ago five years ago. Yeah, and I think that hyper-awareness that we talk about in leadership agility is something that we're really needing to start sort of dialing up for our leaders. And these are leaders that are typically been quite operational. You know, they're looking at compliance, service standards, really great service for customers. It's a 
very different mindset for them as well. Yeah. And it does lead to that challenge, I think, within the L&D function as well of trying to create a personalized learner journey for each of those different roles that Emma's describing. So, you know, what content am I going to be pushing to those new store managers around the ability to, you know, do some complex problem solving? Um, how, how is that going to be personalized for them? Because just like as a consumer, we want everything personalized now. That is the challenge for me in the digital transformation is I don't want you to flood everything to me as a learner. I want to only receive the things that are going to help me move on in the role of which I'm in. So I think, you know, and we're seeing a lot of customers using things like chatbots in order yeah. to um, make, um, I guess, that learner journey a little bit more efficient and effective. Um, and that's probably where that new technology helps the personalization agenda. Well, no, I keep talking about the Netflix of learning, right? So how yeah. are we really bringing it to you where you are and also adding in stuff you didn't know you needed uh, yeah, and I, I think that's a real challenge. And then really making sure that the learning that we offer can really um, embed behavioral or mindset shifts as well. You know, it's not just knowledge sharing or at best some kind of new skill. There's some, um, you know, the behavior elements we need to go deeper with. How do we do that via online learning solutions? I think we're, we're still wrestling with that one a little bit too. How far have you gone down the path of, and I think you mentioned chatbots, well, what other technology is there to provide this kind of Netflix of learning? What, what have you looked at? Have you implemented anything as yet? Or are you still kind of assessing the market? So I guess from my point of view, it's more of a it's more of a dream. <laughs> the moment. I haven't seen anything that I think is is more offering of that just now, but yeah. I, I'm hoping we don't have to sort of build our own. Um, Rachel might have more ideas for me. <laughs> yeah definitely so that that's where your learner experience platform will come in and i guess that's where technology um is really supporting the learning function of of creating those um simple learner journeys by role um where effectively at the moment lots of organizations are certainly post-covid looking at having a lot of digital content that you can eat all you want from the buffet the challenge for all organizations is that if you open up the buffet and people only eat hamburgers and chips and you really like them to eat some spinach and some broccoli, is my analogy, um, you've got to make sure that we have a balanced diet, hey? So it's the same in learning. So I think the challenge, I guess, you know, probably for Emma and Marks and Spencers and certainly within our customers is the technology that helps you create that smooth learner journey to drive those digital skills um, you know, it, you've got to work in partnership with your technology. And yeah, there's there's lots of great systems out there that will allow you to give that um, personalized learner journey. But just picking up on what I think it was what Emma mentioned there around um, the human need, um, because it's not just all about technology, because as humans, we do have a desire to have really clear meaning. We want to connect with others. And certainly at the moment, I think well-being is a priority for many of our customers. So how do we ensure that the technology um, and the humans can actually work in in harmony together um, and making the learner almost feel a little bit like a consumer. So I don't mind having some of my interactions online, but please also I want to have a balance of being able to talk and discuss and debate and reflect because that's also how you learn in the flow of work. Yeah. And Craig, I know you, you mentioned you've you've literally just been through a kind of procurement process looking at the you know, HR technology. What, what what did you actually find in the market fresh from 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 you know, doing that review? How close is, is the technology to delivering on this kind of promise of learning in the flow of work and the Netflix of learning? Uh, is there a gap? 
there there is significant gap. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that the um, the procurement process we went through had a very significant brief and had a very demanding set of requirements. And uh, we looked at all the major providers out there, all, all the kind of names that you'd be familiar with, and uh, we couldn't find any single provider that could uh, provide one integrated, complete solution to the range of our needs, uh, mm. which were flowing across uh, core HR, performance management, reward, uh, learning and development, uh, and also payroll, uh, time and attendance, rostering, the list goes on. Um, so it was a complete uh, reinvention of the uh, the HR environment for technology in its very broadest sense. And uh, the solutions that we were looking to implement were all um, uh, integrated behind the scenes. So they, they were sort of white labeled, if you like. We couldn't we couldn't find one single provider that could meet the range of requirements. And mm. I, I think that's that's my experience generally in the market that. Um, I suppose it's the, the legacy of some of the major enterprise software providers points them in certain directions, uh, and, and everyone is in the same journey to try to get more integrated solutions, but, and they're to a, less, a greater or lesser extent getting there. But um, I've not come across any single provider who can uh, really provide a one-stop shop to organizations uh, in a way that yeah. would really fulfill the needs of, uh, of those businesses. So I think that's um, that, that was significant learning for me as I went through that um, procurement exercise, which lasted uh, well over six months. And we did a very comprehensive uh, uh, review of the market. Uh, and we were quite disappointed by what we found. I mean, we did identify mm. a solution in the end, but I say it was um, joined together behind the scenes. It wasn't uh, certainly wasn't completely integrated. Yeah, I guess that the, the 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 vision and the ambition is running ahead of the technical capability at the moment to to a yeah. certain extent. Uh, yeah, by the sounds of things. Yeah, but this is putting a great um, great demand on those suppliers, isn't it? To to engineer and and be innovative in in a way to deliver people solutions, um, whether it's uh, whether it's HR systems or even finance systems for that matter. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, the way people do their expenses and, and so on and the way people raise purchase orders, all, all of that experience needs to be very, very different um, in the future. And I think what the pandemic would have done would have put an enormous amount of pressure on on organizations to deliver those solutions because clients like Marks and Spencers are putting those demands on on those service providers to go, hey guys, you need to be more innovative. You need to give us more of a um, of a consumer type experience uh, for our employees. You know, our employees are used to accessing content as they wish on Netflix. Why can't we deliver training solutions um, like that? So um, it'll be interesting over the course of the next three to, and unfortunately, this is not something that will happen overnight, but it'll be something that we'll probably see in the during the next sort of three to five years, um, probably at the earliest, before we get that real experience around Netflix and series linking it and content being recommended to you based on what, on the things you've liked and 98% matches and all those great things mm -hmm. that makes Netflix, Netflix such a, a great product to use. Um, be interesting to see if we see that in the enterprise world. Yeah, it sounds like the demand's definitely there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think just a, a, the final point really around this kind of user experience um, and personalization piece for me, and Rachel, you touched on well-being as well. You know, I think when it comes to well-being, when it comes to reward, when it comes to learning, certainly, you know, with a multi-generational, five generations at work, there is very little opportunity for sort of a one-size-fits-all 
solution anymore. And I think we really need help in terms of the systems and in terms of our policies and in terms of our our mindset as a function, as an HR function, as to how you really design and deliver, you know, for the multiple users that we've got rather than just yeah, relying on a kind of one size fits all good practice, albeit good practice policy. Um, and then I, I suppose where we're going and thinking more around our maturity in terms of diversity and inclusion, that only reinforces the need to bring that kind of personalization of experience into our, into our HR practice. So we're going to leave it there for this week. What a great debate, Joe. Yeah, the highlights for me, Jason, um, I didn't appreciate just how tech savvy Marks and Spencer's shop floor needed to be. Um, yeah, so that was yeah. really interesting, wasn't it? How, you know, managers and 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 assistants and uh, as Emma put it, the colleagues need to be aware of the ins and outs of all their products because actually a lot of their consumers will probably know the ins and outs of their products too. So mm. um, that was that was interesting and how they're using technology to drive all of that insight to individuals in across their stores. So that was uh, an interesting point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sunrise was was also uh, interesting. So Craig talking a little bit about Sunrise uh, um, uh, digitalizing all their infrastructure and their technology, um, whether it's uh, uh, both a systems level, um, but also on a care side. So that was a highlight for me. And then um, lastly, on, on from Capita and Capita's uh, insights were interesting because obviously it's much broader. It's not just one organization. So they've got a, a range of cl- their client base um, and they're seeing a demand from from their customers around delivering training, training in a different way. And she talked about uh, learning in the flow of work, um, which brings into, into, um, into play the fact that people are learning a lot on a job as well. So they need some tools and techniques to get them going. But individuals have got... Uh, the ability to um, to self learn, and again, that was that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And next week, we're going to look a little deeper into the skills that HR functions need to develop to keep up in this rapidly changing world, and how our guests have begun to overcome some of the key learning challenges posed by COVID nineteen. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on next week's episode. And if you found this conversation useful, please share this podcast with your colleagues and your network. And if you have time to leave a review, we'd really love to hear your thoughts. So thank you for listening and we'll catch up with Emma, Rachel and Craig next week. 